You are now tuned in to Poppy Chulo Radio, your web portal for the best in pop culture news and interviews. Mother, my mother, uh, what is the phrase? She isn't quite herself today. The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome, foolish mortals, to Horror Hotel, a PoppyChuloRadio.com and iTunes-exclusive PoppyChulo Radio pop culture on demand. I am your host and hotel owner, Jeffrey Aruz. We're so glad you could check in. We've been dying to have you. Here on Horror Hotel, we are going to explore some of Hollywood's scariest, most frightening, and creepiest films. Please welcome my co-hosts, concierge supervisor, Legionnaire. Make me a sergeant in charge of the booze. Night auditor, <laughs> Mark Estes. Damn. Oh, we only get one? Because <laughs> it was, that was a little annoying. I was like, child. Anyway, I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, Enlinson oh. girl. And banquet manager, Ramon Marquise. Hope you guys are ready. Let's get this started. Before we head on over to the ballroom, let's stop by the front desk where one of our bellhops has a few special announcements. Good evening. We thank you for your patronage. Please step all the way in and make room for everyone. There's no turning back now. <laughs> I didn't mean to frighten you prematurely. The real chills come later. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash p c r horror hotel. Follow Panpichulo Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and YouTube at Panpichulo Radio. For more information on Horror Hotel, visit panpichuloradio.com slash horror hotel. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at panpichuloradio.com. Help support Panpichulo Radio financially by visiting gofundme.com slash panpichuloradio. Are you interested in joining the Panpichulo Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at panpichuloradio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Panpichulo Radio programs by visiting panpichuloradio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through iTunes. Just search for Panpichulo Radio's Horror Hotel and subscribe. Now, grab some popcorn and some snacks. You may step into the ballroom. It's time for your feature presentation. Thank you. It's time to fire up the film projector in our ballroom so that we can discuss 1954's Them! Exclamation point. Here's the official synopsis of the film. <laughs> the earliest atomic tests in New Mexico cause common ants to mutate into giant man-eating monsters that threaten civilization. Bum, bum, bum. Okay. <laughs> so, y'all know the question that I ask at the very beginning. Has anyone ever seen this movie? Have you seen it? Have you not seen it? Is this the first time? Is this multiple times? Let's get into it and uh, 
We'll start off with Ramon, because I have a feeling he like he has a lot of opinions. Well, this is actually the first time I ever saw this movie. Um, oh. I, I've heard of it numerous times, but it was the first time I saw it. <laughs> so I'll just start there. All right. What about you, Legionnaire? I heard of it, but had never seen it. So this would be my first time. Oh, that's interesting, because a, a little aunt once told me that you're big into creature features, like monsters. I am. Yeah, so. I am. If I was surprised, I, didn't, I hadn't seen this. I like it. How about you, Mark? Heard about it, but hadn't seen it. Okay. I'll be honest. I feel like I've seen this, but I'm, not, I'm still not certain after seeing it if I had ever seen it before. When I was a kid, <laughs> back in the Dizzy, um, they used to like air weird black and white movies on the weekends uh-huh. on the television, Jeez. like lo- like the local channels, which eventually ended up becoming uh, UPN and the WB, which then ended up becoming the CW and whatever the hell. Um, the UPN channel is now called that I don't watch, but um, like they used to air like these really old movies back in the day, like in the afternoon. And I remember seeing a black and white movie about it wasn't just ants. So this I might have seen this one, but it, this might not be the one that I remembered when I, as I was um, sort of um, selecting the movies for this season. But I remember, like, seeing a movie where it was, like, giant bugs, like, ants and spiders. And I remember seeing, like, a black and white, like, real-life spider made to look like it was ginormous and, like, attacking a a town. And so I feel like I've seen this one before, though. But as an adult, like, I really saw this with fresh eyes because I felt like I'd never seen it before. But maybe I had, maybe I had it. I don't know. I can't remember, to be quite honest. But... I feel like I might have seen this before, but I probably hadn't. But anyway, that's a whole other story for, I guess, a whole other day. One of the reasons why I did select this movie is as we are going through, like, this very first season of this podcast, I wanted to, like, tackle different types of horror movies. You know, not just what is typically seen, like, you know, vampires and, uh... Uh, ghosts and demons and that kind of stuff like i I wanted to have us uh, view some creature features as well and this one is sort of uh seen as like the mother of all creature features basically and um yeah so let's get into the cast um we start off with uh Let's who do we who should we do first? Let's go let's do with Sergeant Ben Peterson. We have James Whitmore as as Sergeant Peterson. We've got um James Arness as FBI agent Robert Graham. We've got Joan Weldon as Dr. Pat Medford. A shout out to Sandy Desher as the Ellison girl. <laughs> oh yeah, Lord. <laughs> We've got Leonard Nimoy. Yeah, I blinked and had, missed him. <laughs> had a small little, had a small little bit part for real. Yeah, we had. Um, for those out there familiar with Walt Disney's Davy Crockett, Fess Parker is in it. Mm-hmm. It was an interesting cast. Did anyone else, anyone that I didn't mention, sort of stand out to any of you? Uh, well, Dub Taylor, who was a uh, comedic actor that came up and and through there, uh, so that 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 was one of the names that that stood out for me that caught my attention as well. And I guess that's it. So okay, <laughs> so let's talk about this story because uh, we start off. Basically, in the middle of nowhere, um, you know, driving through the desert, and uh, these two uh, New Mexico State Police, uh, a sergeant and a trooper, end up running into, or not running into, but like, they end up seeing this little girl 
walking aimlessly through the desert. She's got a little doll, and she's got, um, you know, like, pajamas on, basically. And she's kind of in a weird daze. And she's non-responsive. She's not talking. She doesn't look like she's understanding them. And uh, then, you know, they end up... Um, they, they end up taking her to a mobile home. And... Uh, they see that the mobile home has been attacked and all of a sudden there's this high-pitched sound and they don't see it but we see it the little girl rises Mm -hmm. so since no one here had ever seen this (laughs) what did y'all think was happening because like we have like 10 minutes where it's slowly setting something up but we genuinely like have no idea what the hell's coming, basically. And I think that's what really did it for me because you really don't know what's coming. Um, you know, a lot of times you can watch these types of movies and they're very predictable in certain aspects. But I appreciate the fact that that little girl, first of all, is one of my favorites from this movie. Uh, it's another scene when Aww. I was just like, it was another scene with her later on when I was like, oh no, this bitch is crazy. Like this little girl, I don't know, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but when she's uh, in the chair and she's like still in that daze then all of a sudden she starts screaming oh yeah that that did it for me but um i don't know the fact of the unknown really gravitated me towards how the movie started especially seeing this little girl with her toy and she's not comprehending nothing and me i'm the kind of person where okay well this this chick is crazy i'm finna keep going she must be possessed or something that's the first thing that would have came to my mind. Um, for me, I mean, I've saw, you know, bits, you know, we've seen clips of it in different, like, movies and stuff like this. So you kind of get, you know, you, you knew what was, from an outstanding point, you knew what was coming. But, like Ramon just eloquently stated, the tension, the building up of stuff. Like, if you just sat here and just saw, just so happened to watch it on one of those Saturday afternoons, uh, like you were talking about, Poppy, that, you know, where you can see it. Like building up, like what is going on? Like put all this stuff together, because now somebody who probably had like is a whiz in bio a biology class or something like that could probably be like, oh, that's characteristics of you know yada yada. But you like they didn't know that, and the the people probably watched the movie wasn't keen on it because uh-huh. they took mm. forever and a day to set up what was good. But it was good tension building, right. and may I not try to again. Also, not jump ahead, but Tremors did the exact mm-hmm. same thing, and mm-hmm. I see where they got there from, and it made right. and it was, it's wonderful. So, yeah, I, I like I like. Oh, wait, go ahead, Legion here. I was gonna say I like I like the mystery of it. Uh, you know, I, I guess I, I'm, unfortunately I had the disadvantage of knowing a lot of what was coming, or at least having an idea of what the movie was about. But even so, I. I you know, a lot of people would find this kind of thing really boring because they want to just get to whatever the conflict is. But I liked how it built up. I mean, I liked how, you know, there was this weird sound and they don't know what the hell it is. But but clearly, she knows she has some connection to it because she reacts to it, but they don't see her react. So it's like, it's like they said, like the other guy said, it's the building of the tension of like, okay, what's really going on here? So all these little things start to come together, and so yeah, I mean, it was it was cool because clearly I didn't know what what the hell it was I was supposed to be hearing. Yeah, the setup was really well done. It did take a minute for them to like really set up the entire movie because we don't get our first peek of what the hell is doing anything until, and I tracked it, it was like 28 minutes into the movie. Mm-hmm. But yeah. like those 28 <laughs> minutes were really interesting because we mm-hmm. got, um, it was that, uh, the pulsating sound that we would hear. And then it was like the weird tracks in the sand. And then it's like the the mobile home, you know, has been ransacked and by something that had enough power to do what it did. And then all of a sudden, the gas station is, like, mm. the same. You know, it's been ransacked. And then 
we get a little bit of a taste of what it could be, but if, if you don't know what the movie's about, then you don't pick it up. But, right. I mean, I mean, mm-hmm. I researched the movies because I selected all these movies this season, so I knew that this was going to be about ants. But when we see, like, the ants, like, very early on in the movie, I'm like, okay, if if you know what's coming like here's a little foreshadowing you know and if you don't know then you're just gonna see this as okay they just showed ants for like a couple seconds and then uh the biggest hint was the formic acid Mm -hmm. and then they brought in the myrmecologist and then you know once that came in it was like okay like we're gonna we're dealing with something right insect basically oriented and then uh, that whole scene with the girl when she starts screaming them them and basically the doctor's like okay we think we know what this is but they still don't Mm. fill us in basically right they don't they don't come out and say even, even then they don't really come out and say it Right. But it's clear that they have a good idea of what it is. Yeah. And then we finally see what it is. Right. Mm-hmm. That was amazing. I loved their reveal because if mm-hmm. I can re- recollect well, um, there was no music. It was just the noise of the um, sonic waves, whatever they were sending out the, the signal. And mm-hmm. the shot of her just sitting there just looking and being mm-hmm. over the hills, this thing coming, it's just like, oh my God. That freaked me out, even though I knew yes that that was a genuine that was a genuine scare because it was like, yeah, that was everything oh, yeah I, it was too close, <laughs> yeah, it was too close, and oddly enough, like they aren't really realistic looking. But there's something of, like, how they were made, though, that, mm-hmm. I mean, they looked hella demonic, the giant ants, yeah. and which made them, like, even more creepy. Right. Yeah. And then, like, one thing for me, like, that you mentioned it earlier, the, that pulsating noise, mm-hmm. I found it highly annoying, but it worked. <laughs> oh, I was like, oh, my God, I get, it gets, oh my, every time I heard the noise, like, oh, my God, there it goes again. But I feel like it really fit the purpose and what was going on. I, I felt like it was effective, even though I found it annoying. Yeah. I mean, it got to be a bit much at a certain point, but it, it was effective. Like, it worked. Because it also, mm-hmm. it did have, like, a creepy factor to it. Because it it's just a right. weird sound. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It wasn't on his hell. It was like, oh, Jesus. But when you saw what it was attached to it, <laughs> it was like, oh! You, oh yeah. yeah. It made sense, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's rewind a bit and let's talk about that scene with the Ellison girl because uh, the doctors, Dr. Harold Medford and his daughter, Dr. Pat Medford, they get involved into the case and uh, they end up exposing the girl to some of uh, the fumes from uh, the formic acid. And mm-hmm. that's when, like, she gets snapped out of, uh, you know, this blank state that she was in. And she starts screaming, them, them. And, and I guess they get I- the idea to, like, expose her to the acid because uh, they discover that... Um, uh, what was his name? Johnson, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That uh, Johnson had uh, died from uh, a broken neck, back, skull fracture, crushed abdomen, and enough formic acid in his body to kill 20 men. Johnson was um, the... Um, it wasn't a gas oh. store. It was like a general store, right? Yeah, general yeah, store. The yeah. general store um, owner. And so... That scene, I thought, was really well done. Like, this little girl, I, I give her props mm. because she sold it completely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that, and that was my favorite scene because, first of all, when you're really, really traumatized by something, a lot of times you are in, like, a, a, a daze. You, you, you mm. can't talk mentally. You're just not there a lot of times. So for this little girl at this time, to play this role so well, I thought it was highly convincing. Like, you could really feel 
her mental, and she looked like she was just mentally not there. Um, mm-hmm. And then when they do the whole thing with the fumes and stuff, and then she snaps out of it, her reaction was so believable. Um, and, and the screaming, and I was like, oh yeah. I, I just, that was definitely my favorite scene in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it was an awesome scene. Very well done, and uh, I mean, I she sold it completely, I think. Mm-hmm. It's very iconic, very iconic scene. I'm not gonna lie, I kind of, I, I hate when little kids start screaming. That's just because I work in the library all day. So, uh, <laughs> kids are not supposed like, to scream in the library. Mm, we tell them that, but we get cussed out. So that's a whole nother story. So, uh, at the at the same time, um, like Ramon said, it was effective. And I can see why they constantly use that because going into this movie. When I say I hadn't seen it, but I heard about it, that's the scene that always comes up. It's her screaming them. And so I'm thinking, like, she was going to be a big part of the movie. Like, she was going to probably, like, show them where the, the ants were or something like that. But anyway, I thought it was very effective, too. It just, when she kept screaming and crying, I'm like, okay, somebody get her a sedative or something. Yeah. Around this time, around the time that uh, the movie was released, it really was like the time when there was this fear of the atomic bomb. Mm -hmm. And a lot of movies were created, I mean, I'd say they still are to this day, you know, except, you know, atomic has turned to nuclear and that kind of thing. And a lot of movies, like, around this time, like, had to deal with, like, atomic testings. And, you know, these mm-hmm. testings, like, uh, morphing and, uh, you know, and end up creating, you know, giant whatever. Or it opens the door to creatures coming into uh, the world that hadn't existed before and that kind of thing. What did y'all think of... Um, the uh, sort of like atomic bomb trope that was used in this film. I thought it was cool. I mean, I, it was definitely, like you said, it was one of those things where back then it was the fear of atomic energy and, and, you know, the, at least the, the rudimentary, you know, things that people thought and assumed about, you know, radiation and mutation and those kinds of things. So it wasn't, um, you know, as, as fantastic as it would sound, I mean, it definitely made for good, uh, good fodder to create, you know, create these monsters. So I, I, I liked it. And it's like it evolved from a boogie boogie, you know, Wolfman or Dracula. It's just like the horror is coming from your backyard. It's like something mm-hmm. in your that can constantly kill you. So I entered this whole new era of horror i mean some people might sit there and look at this like this is more science fiction than horror but no but you sit there and look at the base of this just think you go out in your backyard one day and there's this big ass ant looking at you trying to eat you it's already ado phyto mm-hmm. it's already ado phyto and right. so it's coming from but you know for me it'll be a big ass well, anything bigger than what's supposed to be would scare the hell out of me so <laughs> Let me ask you this question. Um, what came first? Was it them or Godzilla? Uh, I feel like it was them. I think them came before Godzilla, I think. Okay, because them was in 1954, so which was way after the World War II with the atomic bomb. Not atomic bomb, but you know. Godzilla was also in 1954. Wow. Oh, wow. All right. Okay. Wow. Godzilla was released November 3rd, 1954, and Them was released June 19th, 1954. So Them wow. was first. So Them was first. Okay. Well, that was, it was a global fear of these nuclear weapons being produced yeah. in mass mm-hmm. quantities. And so it was just like just the next evolution of horror, you know? So, yeah. Because it was... I mean it I mean it still is so unknown like really like what the power it had you know what I'm saying like right. they weren't sure what the hell it was going to do and and even though I I mean we have seen what the um or they had seen at the time what an atomic bomb could have done um you know mm. in, in Japan in, in 1945 
like still they still mm. didn't know like what the capacity was like just because you know mm. we've seen that you know what happened in japan doesn't necessarily mean that you know 100 percent that that's exactly what's going to happen the next time around And so this fear of the unknown, like, what could happen? Like, what if they're testing, you know, this new version of uh, some sort of uh, bomb, uh, whether it's atomic, nuclear, whatever, and something that's nearby gets exposed to it, and then all of a sudden we have... uh, giant ants or giant bugs mm-hmm. or you know a, a giant lizards ravaging uh, the countryside basically right and i think one thing that i like is that you know you guys talk about being in the backyard and, and you know just the whole situation with atomic bombs i think this was a, one of those movies that really started that relatability aspect to horror movies and i think that as horror movies progress and when we think about some of our favorite horror movies there's aspects of it that is relatable you know to to things that could be in our backyard or things that we could see every day um Mm -hmm. and so that makes it even more scarier and i really appreciate that aspect to this movie as well as others yeah absolutely so, I know that we talked a little bit about the ants, but um, we sort of discussed, like, their first appearance. Let's talk about just the effects of the ants, like, period. What did we think of, like, everything that had to deal with the ants, from, like, the ant nest to uh, the the queen, the hatchlings, the... Uh, actual ants that we saw attacking our humans what do we think of the ants in general i like the nest i thought the nest was cool or whatever um Mm -hmm. the queen and the hatchings the overall structure i guess i could say of how the ants look i thought it was so i said you could tell it was fake Oh, I thought it was so cheesy and fake at some points but i liked it um and i thought it worked i thought everything came together good you know and and i like the technology aspect of it as far as how it was advanced for that particular time um Mm. but yeah i I didn't have any negative impression of it yeah i thought it was uh i thought it was very well done for the time uh i definitely had an appreciation for uh the the effects and everything that they did so it was I, i i liked it i liked it a lot yeah, the, the the nest to me was very. Oh my god, that made my skin crawl. <laughs> yeah, the nest was gross. Very mm. gross, and to see the eggs. I mean, they sat right. there and mm-hmm. went like very, very detailed to what it would look like. Like it was, it was like a microscope. Not my microscope. It was like looking through a microscope at what an uh, actual um, ant nest would look like. I have one question because I'm I'm I'm, I'm waiting to the end to ask this question. Y'all just remind me to ask it at the end but i was like trying to figure out how deep that but they, they said how deep the, the nest went but i was like first nest they found because i'm thinking like yeah y'all said y'all dropped a couple of bombs in and stuff like that but how do we not know they didn't turn it out the other way but that y'all only went down two levels you know what i'm saying and i guess there was no other level for them to look but that's dark y'all don't have that much light and it might have been up under something i don't know i was just freaking out just looking at the nest i was like why are they down there why can't they send a, a drone or something <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> maybe not a drone but just send something down there and just detonate if it gets to hits a wall just detonate everything i don't know it just unnerved me <laughs> yeah the ants were i can agree with uh you ramon i mean they were very fake looking but there was just still something creepy about them right, like they right. looked very creepy the nest was really gross though so uh, i 100 percent agree with you mark it was it was a lot <laughs> so the plot of the movie basically is like they have to kill all these ants basically because they realize that a colony of ants, like, mutated by the radiation from the first atomic bomb testing near, uh, in New Mexico, near Alamo Gordo. So, basically, they have to take out all these uh, mutated ants. And so they end up using cyanide gas bombs and uh, in inside of a nest. 
but they end up discovering that two queens had hatched and uh, they probably escaped to create new colonies and that turns into like this paranoia of like where are the ants like basically where are these giant ants and they finally figure it out after um two boys were missing and they connected that with uh the ants because they the father's body was like mutilated and so uh, they end up killing all of uh the hatchlings and the queen that they find with flamethrowers and whatnot and that's basically sort of like the resolution of the movie as far as just like the plot in general like post the discovery that um it's these mutated ants that uh are sort of like causing the havoc what did you all think of the plot i guess you know 30 minutes into the movie and beyond after the setup i liked it um i i like that i didn't feel like it was drawn out i didn't get bored with it um, I think that for it to be, what, an hour and nine minutes or an hour and some change. No, this one was actually made... an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Oh, the other one was an hour. Okay, that was the other one. That was an hour and nine minutes. Okay. Um, I feel like it took good usage of the time. Um, I feel like, you know, it, they kept it inter- interesting from the beginning to end. Yeah, I never, I never got, um, there were no slow moments in this movie for me. I mean, everything was really interesting. Um, the the acting was really interesting. Uh, there was some really, uh, really goofy moments with uh, with Doctor Harold, um, and uh, so yeah, I mean it was a nice mix of uh, things going on. In this in this movie, there was actually a couple of of scares for me in this movie, which was kind of cool. For me, I don't know. I, I'm not gonna lie because like we, you guys just got to mentioning um. Runtimes and the first few movies we had, the runtimes were kind of like you know small, like you know like little quick knock. But I said, mm-hmm. I guess I was, I'm doing air quotes, spoiled in it because when they got to the first nest, when they got to the first nest and they went into it and they were like had all this gear and stuff, I'm like, this movie over with already. I'm like, and then they <laughs> they explained like, oh, this is the first, oh, there's a queen, there's two queens missing. I'm like, oh. Oh, okay. And so it kind of reminded me of that first, like, everybody keeps giving it to Jaws, but to me, this seemed like it would have been the first summer blockbuster if it was, you know, released in the summer or something like that, because it set, it hit a beginning, middle, and an end. You know what I'm saying? It set up, you know, mm-hmm. this epic journey for these characters to try to stop this threat against humanity. And it reminded me, and I, I'm not, and I hate to say it because I've watched them out of sequence, but it reminded me of, like, stuff <laughs> like Independence Day, um uh oh tremors um you know stuff like mm-hmm. that where it's just like they set you up and you think everything's done but no there's been a twist and now you got to go back and try to figure out how to the last act is trying to really for real for real save the day and eradicate the threat so mm-hmm. it had it had a beginning middle and end but it seemed like to me it was the precursor to the summer blockbuster setup because you had all these different characters coming in throughout different parts of the movie and they play like a big significant role at that particular moment in the movie and stuff like that but i'm not gonna like some kind of mix i mix a couple of them up but I, I loved it i loved it i loved the way it was set up yeah i agree with all of you like the movie was an hour and a half and it did take like 30 minutes to set up exactly what the hell we were watching but those 30 minutes it didn't feel slow it didn't feel rushed it felt just fine and then the rest of the movie the hour that was left which really was sort of like the war between the ants and the humans i thought it was really well done it it, um it didn't have any slow points it um it was suspenseful and creepy and um it it was uh action-packed like, I thought they did a really great job with the pacing of the movie entirely. Like, the mm-hmm. storyline was really well done and very thought out. Yeah, and it was, and for me, it just felt like there was even a uh, a bit of a tonal shift, you know, once they 
took care of the first nest and then the two queens got away. So that was like even a, a subtle shift in tone where now it's like there's this battle that has to be waged. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you said, it's war against the against the creatures, you know, because, you know, now we've really got to get out there and hunt them down and stuff. And But that was a cool moment, though, because it was just, it, it kind of changed from what could have been just some standard monster flick, you know, into something else. So it kind of shifted into something else entirely that made it even more interesting. And I want to also add the fact that this, the plausibility of the entire move. The threat wasn't wiped out in two or three days. It took them five months to get this. Yeah, curl, exactly. Which makes, it made so much sense because, you know, like a Godzilla, that took place within, um, I'm going to say the modern Godzilla because I hate, you know, touch, I don't want to like, say anything bad about the original Godzilla. But everything's wrapped up in a weekend or something like that, or like a, a week or so. It's just like, no. This, these things are smart. So they knew what they were doing. They had to sit there and right. get on their level to figure out what was going on because it took them five mm-hmm. months, several sightings, and several journeys across the United States to figure out how to you know, to take out this threat. And it wasn't like, you know, they hit all their ducks in a row. Like, everybody came in. Like, we just automatically don't know what to do when this happens. Mm-hmm. To me, it goes into Cloverfield, one of the reasons why I've, I – champion that movie and I defend it because a lot of people say, oh, the monster wasn't even scared. I would say, no, that's the point because you didn't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. That's the point. That's the point when you don't know what's going on mm-hmm. in a situation right. like that. There's all this uncertainty. That's, what's, that's what enhances the fear because right. you yeah. do not know what it's you are faster. dealing with. Yeah, that's true. I can't hear people talk bad about that movie because it was like if, if if you didn't enjoy Cloverfield, you just did not get it, and that sucks to be you. <laughs> exactly, because... If That's I, what I, I always say there. <laughs> what would take me out of a movie very quick, and I, they did it with the um, the new Godzilla, they know, if you have somebody walk up to the scene, knows everything, then your threat and your monster is rendered um, not scary. Yeah, it's, you know it's, it's neutralized. It's neutralized, so now it becomes a point of how how much time do we have left to get the threat taken care of? Right. You know what I'm saying? So, but with Cloverfield, you did not know what was going on. And the same thing with them. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that the army and everybody was like, what's going on? What should we do? And even the two specialists on hand was like, we got to do this though, but we don't, but there's about 15 other factors in this that is going to hurt what's going on because like them throwing like the guy came in he was like well why can't we just blow the whole thing why are we trying to save the city why are we risking the city's lives over two kids you know what i'm saying because that mm-hmm. might be it because you don't know because on top of that it's no telling what else could possibly put under that sewer you know what i'm saying right. so it could possibly also enhance mutations so it was very mm-hmm. plausible and i love the fact that when the people was like martial law everybody like but why and why? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like people saying like, well, this is crazy. I'm going to go outside and do whatever I want to do anyway. No, folks in Los Angeles literally was genuinely scared. Mm-hmm. Those extras in them scenes when the martial law trust were coming to town, they were like, <laughs> what is going on? That's true. Right. So it's like you have to just really give props to their writing because you don't see that nowadays. I swear no. you don't. No, you really don't. It's it's all about it's all about setting up the the spectacle of the scare. Yeah, that's true. Mark, you had a question for us. Okay, the only question was that when the first nest they went into the they had a whole argument about you know um, you shouldn't be no lady should be down there and I'm like look at them giving a the whole feminist feel and stuff like that they're doing it already in 1954 and then mm-hmm. she was like but my dad is incapable of coming down there he is not you know he can't get down there like that he's physically incapable of doing that but then here comes Dr. Medford at the end of the movie like in the midst of all this stuff going on I'm like there are like torn and destroyed beams and like if they have to move quickly and you can't move too quickly then you're you're struck you know what i'm saying so it was mm-hmm. just like sir you could have sat there and radio in the last quote at the end of the movie on the intercom or something like that for them all to hear because <laughs> i was like because this if something moves suddenly then you're fucked he's dead <laughs> he's that's dead. true that's my dog. Y'all picked it up. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, funny. Yeah, you just sat on down and stayed out the way <laughs> so they could do what they need to do. Was there anything else, any plot points that any of you wanted to bring up before we head on into the awards? 
Did them boys get out? Because I remember them going through a tunnel and then the lead getting bit or like manhandled or something like that. So I'm like, where did they go? <laughs> so I must have turned my head to see what was on the other end of that tunnel that they went in. So <laughs> Yeah, he got the he got the boys out before just before he was attacked. Right. Yeah. Ooh, that's all I get. That's all I get. All right, let's head into the awards section and let's see if them has been nominated for any awards and it was it was nominated for an academy award in 1955 for best effects special effects nice wow okay yeah but now we're gonna hand out our own awards but right before we do that let's check in on the rotten tomatoes fresh meter and uh them is 100% certified fresh. Oh, wow. Wow. That's impressive. <laughs> that is. But now it's time to be even more impressive because we're going to hand out our own awards because we're here in the ballroom, and that's what we do. So let's start off with uh, the creepiest moment. Oh, for me, that was the, the, very, first, the very first reveal. Yes. When uh, when it when um, first Anne appeared over her head, I was just like, that was that was a genuinely scary moment for me. Yes. I can co-sign that. For me, I'm gonna say when the cop saw that little girl wandering and she was in her days, just around her little um, pajamas and whatever. For me, that did it. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I I agree with both of those. I think I'm gonna go lean mostly towards what. Legionnaire says because that's what got me because that's when I was like, oh shit, oh it's too damn close, <laughs> you know, it's too damn close to comfort, you know what I'm saying? So and then she got up and started stumbling and stuff. But I think the first chill, rather than jump scare, the first chill I got was when they went to that um, trailer and they found a piece of that doll and the piece of that blanket that the girl was wrapped in, Ramon. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what chilled me because I'm like, yeah. she was there. Then right. they sat there and said the FBI agent was on vacation with his wife and his two kids. Where did the other child? I was like, oh my God, that thing that ate a child. I'm like, oh my God. Mm. Oh. And it just, you know how I feel about this. So I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah this time. Sure. Oh, so. <laughs> oh, no, not the babies, Lord, not the babies. Not the babies. <laughs> what was the most disgusting moment? The nest. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Seeing them damn eggs and one being open and shit. Cause you're thinking like it might be one behind you. You just don't even know it. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. What was the kill of the night? Mm, I don't know. Kill. Kill of the night. I'm just saying when they. T- I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Legion. I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead, Mark. I was gonna say when they attacked this ship because I'm like, oh, they 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 bold. She went onto the ship. Mm. It made, it mm. laid mm. eggs, and then it sat there, took this whole ship. I'm <laughs> like, wow. That's true. You know, I forgot about that. You're right. I, was just gonna say, yeah, I forgot about that too. I was like, that is yeah. bold because you have nowhere to run. <laughs> you have nowhere to run. <laughs> right. You're just truly stuck. What about the WTF am I watching moment? For me, it was when she started screaming. That just yeah. threw me all the way off. Yeah. Yeah, that will be it. The most non-politically correct moment. When, when she was told you're a woman. Correct. Yes. I was just gonna, yeah, I was yes. just going to say that. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't be down here. <laughs> and she came down there and called the shots. I said, okay, um, precursor exactly. to Ripley. <laughs> right. right. Yes. It's so true. The Mickey Rooney Award for Excellence in Child Acting. <laughs> oh, come on. You know who to get One by one. Right. She has to be the little Ellison girl. She was good. Significant child. She had significant awesome. child part. That one scene. That one yeah. scene is uh, iconic. And then mm-hmm. when they showed the two little boys, I'm like, they. one of them, like, he was laughing. I'm like, this is not a joke. <laughs> like, no, right. there's a big ant coming towards you. Look look scared. Like, you look like you're about to laugh or something like that. I'm like, uh-uh, you're fired. Mm-hmm. But... <laughs> That's too funny. 
Now it's time to rank the film in our very special Horror Hotel categories. We've got five categories to choose from. You may mix and match. The first category is a screamer for a film that is filled with scares. Next is the gut buster for a film you find grotesque. Next it is the eye popper for a film that is visually impressive. Then we've got the grave digger for a film that lack lacks scares and then the final category is the mind blower for overall best in show let's start off with legionnaire uh this one is gonna get a a mind blower and a gut buster for me because i i really really enjoyed this movie and it even had uh there was even actually a couple of scares in it for me so that uh just up the ante for me it was great ramon what about you I'm going to give it an eye popper and a mind blower. Um, I think I just love everything about the little girl, but just the whole thing with the nest and um, I think that that pulsating noise in the background helped it as well. And I just liked the overall setting and and structure of the movie. I I enjoyed it. Mark, what about you? Ooh, I'm going to give it an eye popper. I'm going to give it a... um, well, best in show. It's everything. Mind blower. <laughs> Mind blower. Okay. Mind blower, I'll pop a best in show. That's why I got to give it, because I got some scares. I was like, wow. I mean, even though the ants look like... Screamer. Screamer, yeah, screamer. Because mm-hmm. I mean, the ants was looking... Yeah, they were slow and mechanical, and it's like, ah, uh, it, it reminded you of an old episode of Doctor Who, and but it was still creepy, because mm-hmm. look how many bullets they had to put into one for it to go right. back. That's right. scary. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. So, and, it's still, and it's still moving towards you while you're trying to shoot it. <laughs> and it might go, it, and it might, and it could still take you out. It's just like, it might die a few minutes later, but it took you down with it. So, yeah, I was still, I was genuinely scared. So, yeah. Screamer, mind, pop, uh, mind eye popper, mind blower, best in show. Right. I'm going to give it a gut buster for the nest, an eye popper for the ants because even though they did look a little bit fake or a lot fake um they were still really good and really cool and very impressive for the time so i have to give it uh-huh. eye popper for that and i also liked the mixture of um the ants with like the real world uh locations that just yes. made them look even more menacing because it didn't look fake like you know like they spliced stuff together it really looked right. like they were right there in front of these like giant um puppety type of uh ants which was mm-hmm. pretty neat i'm also going to give it a mind blower because i thought it, w- it was overall best in show it was really really good entertaining and a great plot great characters strong characters and uh, yeah so those three from me now let's uh, rate the film on a scale of 1 to 10 hotel room keys, the point system is allowed. And uh, let's start off with uh, Ramon. Um, well, with everything I just said, as far as the categories, I'm, I would give it nine room keys. Okay. What about you, Mark? 9.5 room keys because... Uh... I, I wasn't expecting to like it. I was like, this is a creature feature with these rubber um, monsters. And, you know, we just, you know, it's going to be a little cute thing, though. But, no, the mm-hmm. way it was paced, the way it was written, the way it, you know, set the stage for other movies to come. And even it's still is well written than some of the summer blockbusters that we have today. Um, I loved it. So that's why I got it 9.5. Legionnaire. Oh, definitely a nine and a half room keys. Uh, for much of uh, the reasons that Mark gave, I didn't. I, I knew I thought that I would like it, but I didn't know that I would like it this much. Um, you know, because I mean, of course, it's definitely uh, been shared that I'm a fan of you know monster movies, and this one uh, I had never seen. So it was uh, everything about it I enjoyed. I mean, it definitely had scares in it, even for something that's. Uh, you know, that's as dated as it was. It definitely holds up well, and it's definitely something that I would watch again. And I'm going to continue on the hype train. I'm going to give it a 9.5 as well. For basically all the reasons that everyone has given it, uh, I thought the plot was really good. 
I thought the story was very strong. Uh, the little girl, I mean, the little girl sold it. And even though oh. she pulled mm. a, um, a Drew Barrymore from Scream or a Janet Lee from Psycho, in, in which she was only in like the first, you know, 20 minutes of the movie, she did make a lasting impression. And uh, if oh, it wasn't oh. for her, we really wouldn't know what the hell was going on. So uh, kudos to her. And uh, just overall, I thought it was a very strong picture. And um, it being sort of like at the uh, forefront of like all these creature features that ended up coming out afterwards. I have to give it major props and kudos. So uh, nine and a half from me. And on that note, please drag your bodies away from the ballroom and prepare to check out. Join us next time for a brand new installment of Horror Hotel. Once again, here's one of our bellhops with a few special announcements. Good evening. We thank you for your patronage. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash p-c-r horror hotel. Follow Panpichulo Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and YouTube, at Panpichulo Radio. For more information on Horror Hotel, visit panpichuloradio.com slash horror hotel. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at panpichuloradio.com. Help support Panpichulo Radio financially by visiting gofundme.com slash panpichuloradio. Are you interested in joining the Panpichulo Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at panpichuloradio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Panpichulo Radio programs by visiting panpichuloradio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through iTunes. Just search for Panpichulo Radio's Horror Hotel and subscribe. We hope you've brought your death certificate. Make final arrangements now. <laughs> Thank you, my fellow Horror Hotel team. Please wish our hotel guests and the listeners a good night. Good night, all. Stay safe out there. Good night, everybody. Just make sure you don't piss off the next ant you come across, because they might be after us one day. <laughs> Take care, everybody. It was, it was fun. Thanks for tuning in. You may have checked into the Horror Hotel, but who says you're allowed to check out? Good night.